flyer? Need flyers to hand out? You want to go ahead and hand some out to the people if they want some? <clears throat> I want to talk to you this morning about being, all the kids can be dismissed to go to their classes. I want to talk to you this morning real quick about, about my tablet not working. <laughs> being thankful and grateful. I knew that much of my sermon anyway. Being thankful and grateful. And I want to start right off in the scripture this morning. You got your Bibles handy? Get them out. We're going to be in Philippians 4. Verse 6 through 8, and then the first Thessalonians. <clears throat> I want you to get this in your own Bible this morning. I used to put these on the board, many of you know, but we don't do that anymore because we can use multiple translations this way, but also that you can get it out and you can dig in your own Bible when you can have a first-hand encounter with God yourself, right? So 4 and 6 says, most of us, most of us know this, this part of the verse by, by heart, right? Be anxious or don't worry about a thing. Don't, care, don't take care for nothing, for, for anything. Don't take care, don't, don't worry about anything. Don't take a thought for anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, I want to give you the definition of this word supplication right here this morning. This is what the Bible dictionary says about the word supplication as used right here. Gratitude actively. Active, think about active gratitude. That doesn't just mean thank you here and there. That means a heart of, of gratification. That means actively, grateful language to God as an act of worship. Think about that. If we're actively thanking God, we're actively grateful for the things that he's done for us, for who he is, for what he does, right? If we're actively involved in that, it's worship to God. Thankfulness, it goes on to say thankfulness, giving of thanks or giving, right? This is one of the highest things we can give to God is our praise, is, to, is our worship, right? You wonder why the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people? He'll inhabit our praises. He inhabits our thanks. He wants us to be thankful. He wants us to be grateful. I don't know how many of you all have kids like this, but I have kids who are ungrateful sometimes. Makes me not want to give them a thing. Makes me not want to do anything for them, right? That's how I feel about the situation. I can imagine what God's like when, when, when I'm ungrateful or I'm unthankful. Maybe it's just me this morning that's ungrateful and, and unthankful sometimes, right? He goes on to say, with thanksgiving. This word thanksgiving in the Bible dictionary means gratitude Actively, oh, I read the wrong one. I read the wrong one, so I'm not, you're not going to get that one. So that was, that was I, I, I pasted both the same one, so that wasn't the right one to give you for supplication. Supplication means a prayer or an asking, and thanksgiving means the gratitude or, or, or an act of worship. We're, we're, we're actively grateful toward God. Let your requests be known to God, right? Too often, though, we just want to give our requests to God. We, we just want to tell him what we need, give him our laundry list, but we forget about the, the grateful. We forget about the thankful part. We forget about having the heart of worship, the heart of praise, the heart of thanking God, right? And 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. What's he say? If we bring our needs to God, right, we tell him what we need. We talk to him about it. Prayer, prayer is not just giving, give, giving our wants and our desires, though. It's about going in, in, in and talking to him and, and, and fellowship with him and having time with God. And we let him know what we need like he doesn't already know. And then we're thankful for him. Because even though we, we, we don't see it with our natural eyes sometimes, we know that God's already provided. God's already supplied. Jesus already died on the cross. Amen? So we're thankful for who he is and what he, and what he has accomplished and what he does and what he gives to us, right? We're thankful for all those things. We're grateful for all those things. And verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whether things are true 
whether things are noble, I underline these in my Bible here, true, noble, are just, whether things are just, whether things are pure, whether things are lovely, whether things are of good report, if there is any virtue or moral excellence, what virtue means, right? And if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on the good things, right? Meditate on the things that are morally excellent. Meditate on the things that we should be praising God for, that we should be being thankful for. Isn't that what he's saying right here? Meditate on those things. Don't meditate on the negative, what you think it should look like, or the timing you think it should be in. Don't meditate on that. Don't focus on that. Focus on what God's already done for you. Focus on what Jesus already paid for, right? It's not just about thinking, I thank you, Lord, for this food. Please bless this food to bless my bodies. To my, bless my body, and, and that's it, right? It's an ongoing thing, right? <clears throat> it's not just once in a while. We have to be thankful in all things. Yes. So many times I think that we think that we got this on our own, or that we've got, we, we, we've got this thing or that thing on our own, or, or, or that we got healed because of a doctor or because of their medication. You know, doctors can only treat the symptoms most of the times. It's God who's the healer. Yeah. He's the master physician, and we need to be thankful to him in all things, yeah. in everything. Everything that he's done, everything that he does, and because of who he is, we have to be thankful to him, right? We need to pray for a heart of thankfulness, for a thankful heart. Because he says meditate on the positive things, meditate on the good things, meditate on the things to be thankful for. But so often I hear Christians down in the mully grubs. That's the word I stole from my pastor. Down in the mully grubs, right? You know how we talk sometimes? Is that a heart of gratitude? Is that a heart of being thankfulness when, when we have a critical spirit? When we're talking down about this, uh, this thing or that thing or that person or, or whatever it may be, that's not, heart, that's not a heart of gratitude. We need to pray for a heart of gratitude, right? I have, a, I have an eight-year-old Grace, and it doesn't matter what's going on. So many times she can find the negative in it. She can be riding down the road in a $60,000 car with the air conditioning blowing her hair back, Right? A gel-coated booster seat that she's sitting on, and I guarantee you there'll be something wrong with it. It's not just eight-year-olds, church. We all get guilty of these things sometimes. No matter. Sister Sharon was with us the other day, and we were talking about it, and Sharon said, you all should have rode in the car when I was a kid. We rode down, rode down gravel roads without an air conditioner, and there was dirt flying in the car. You can have it crunched in your teeth sometimes. She didn't say that, but I... I could relate to what she was saying. I knew what she was talking about. No matter how good God, or how far along God's brought us and how good we have it, we can still find room to complain, though. That's hard to do when you have an attitude of gratitude, when, when, when you're busy being thankful for everything that he's given us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Always rejoice. Pray without ceasing spend time that doesn't mean bringing me a laundry list pray to god spend time with god you can tell him what you need also he already knows though we don't need to instruct him in everything but just spend time with him talk to him in everything give thanks in what in everything give thanks that doesn't mean thank you lord that i'm sick thank you lord that i don't feel well it means thank you lord that you're my healer right thank you lord no not not thank you that i'm broke thank you that there's no money in the bank thank you lord that you're my provider Thank you, Lord, that I know that I have a source, and it's through you, and I'm a tither and an offering giver, and I know that you're going to deliver on this thing. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, that I have a relationship with you. Thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross that I could be reconciled back to you. I could even be here talking to you today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. 
Lord, I just love you, and I want you to know that I love you. That should be our attitude. That should be our attitude in all things. In all, not just when things are going your way. Right? He says, come out from among them and be ye separate. Everybody's like that when things are going their way. What about when they're not? Thankful in all things, right? Let's look at the Israelites just for a little bit today. Don't, you, you don't have to turn there. You all know the story. Think about the Israelites. They had a seven or eight, when, when they were delivered out of Egypt, they had a seven or eight day journey to get over to, to where they were going, right? To the promised land. A land that God had already promised them, said it belongs to them, right? Their name was on the deed. It was theirs. All they had to do is show up and possess it, right? They left out of Egypt without a shot being fired. Not one life lost. In fact, they pillaged them before they left. They took, they took their valuables, they took their gold, they, they took their, their jewels, they took tools, I'm sure, building whatever they needed, they took it before they left. Think about what that, this was a, war, a nation of war. Egypt, Egypt was, a, was a mighty nation. And these slaves walked, this is what God gave to them, and he gave them this land that was much greater than that, and they, all they had to do was walk over a seven or eight day journey and get over there and possess this thing that belonged to them already. Think about this, church. What belongs to us today? All we got to do is possess it. Right? But we're grumbling and we're griping about it. Look at what happened to them. They're grumbling and they're griping about it. They had food falling down from heaven. You all know the story. They had a rock that followed around and gave cold drinking water in the middle of the desert. I don't know if, all, if you, any of you have been to the desert, but I've spent several months in the desert. I worked there, and if you touched anything that was made out of metal that was ferrous, you had to have a pair of gloves on because it would literally burn your skin. Any rocks I saw in the desert were baking hot. You could have cracked an egg on it, and it would have fried that baby. They had a rock that followed them around. Not that they had to go get the water and transport this water because water for a million and a half people is heavy, right? That would be heavy. But this rock followed them around and gave them cold drinking water, Right? We got that in our refrigerator now. But that followed them around the desert. Think about this. And they had to complain about it. They complained about it. They got tired of that food. They wanted more of a variety. Right? Right where we're at today, church. Sounds like we, we, we can step back and we can look at their issues and we can say, man, those foolish people, those silly people, look how they acted. Look how they talked to God. They weren't satisfied with anything. Any ladies got one of them pocket mirrors today? That's us today. It's us today, right? How can we not be satisfied? Look where we're sitting at. We have an air conditioner. We live in a free country. The Spirit moves in our services. What more could we ask for? And I would bet some of us have been complaining this morning. I had to get out of bed early today. We don't even start till, t till 10 o'clock. I get up at 4 to go to 4. That, I've slept... I get up at 5 to come here on Sunday morning, but that's just me. I don't see anybody else here. So we just find things to complain about, right, though? <clears throat> they could have focused on what God had given them, is my point, but they focused on what they thought was wrong. God had a plan already. God gave them this place. God gave them the food. He gave them the water. He gave them the shelter. He gave them everything they was going to need when they got there. He sent them out of Egypt with it. But they chose to focus on what they thought was wrong. This is right where we live at so many times, church. There's always negative. There's always negative. If you, if you look at anything long enough, you can find something negative about it. You'll find something to gripe about. Instead, they could have focused on what God did. 
Imagine that. Imagine if all of Israel would have focused on what God did, what he did, what he provided, right? <clears throat> I got this message this week as I was sitting in the woods behind my house on a golf cart. We were fasting breakfast this week, and I pulled up behind the house, and I, I just felt like I, I get some of my best revelations from God sitting in the woods because I just look around, and I see his creation, and I'm amazed by him. Even the small things that some people call weeds or whatever, I'm just amazed how, how the whole thing works, and and, and he, he really speaks to me when I get in those places sometimes. So I pulled up at the top of this hill where I've been working on digging a, it's a giant hole right now in my backyard, but I'm working on digging about a half acre pond back there, and I've got about three quarters of the dam built. And you ever been to the lake? When, you, when you're headed to the lake or you're headed to a body of water, maybe the ocean, but more likely the lake, when, you see, when, you, when you're getting closer to the lake, you'll see the trees, you see the woods. You've seen woods for miles getting there, but when you get close to the lake, you'll see the water shining through between those trees. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And you feel like you've arrived. You feel, like, you feel like that you're almost there when you see that water. It may be a few more twists or turns, and you may not see the water for a while, but then you'll see it again. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Everybody's been to the lake, right? And I was picturing this water in my pond down there like this through these trees that are standing up there, and, and, and I was just thanking God for these things, and he was reminding me that I need to be thankful for everything that he's done for me. I, I could look at that pond and say, I've dug that thing myself. But he provided everything that I needed to do it with. He's provided, right? I was looking at, I, I could see a barn when I was up there. It was up on the next hill. I could see a barn. I could see this pond down at the bottom of the hill, this hole in the ground that I was imagining water in it, right? I could see my boat parked up there by the barn. By the barn. I could see the golf cart. I was sitting on a golf cart that's paid for. I'm not saying this to brag on me. I'm saying this is, these are the things that God has provided me with. These are things that God has given me. He's given me the ability to work to get the money, and he's, he's blessed us with things, right? There are trails back there. God gave us a bobcat through Sister Rhonda, right, T to make the trails to dig the pond, right? There's brush piles laying around. My wife sees the brush piles, and, and, and I think there's these things. I think they're called wild roses, but they look just like a rose vine. Some of you all might know better than I do. They look just like a rose vine, but they grow up wild in the woods, and they got thorns all over them. And you can see those as a negative thing. And you can see the brush piles as a negative thing where I push brush up. But it's cover for rabbits because I like to run dogs. And so, so even in the things that look negative, there are positives, right? My wife doesn't like the brush piles very much. She thinks I should burn them or do something with them. But I want to keep them there because it's something I like to do is train dogs and run dogs. And it, it's, it's good for me. Even, even the things that look ne negative, there's a positive is what I'm trying to say. If we'll look and we're not griping about it, right? If they were busy focusing on God and who he is and what he does, though, right? If we were busy that, doing that, we'd be busy being thankful and grateful and not the negative things, right? We could spend all of our time cutting out thorns in the woods instead of seeing those as, as a positive thing in some aspect. If I was cutting the thorns out, I'd be doing it my way anyway, right? So the Israelites lived in daily miracles. We're talking about the Israelites coming out of Egypt. They lived in daily miracles. Think about, all the th think about just the plagues that he put on Egypt to get them out of there. Think about when he parted the Red Sea, and they were so, they were so freaked out, and they were so worried about this Pharaoh that was going to come and kill them, and he never caught up to them anyway. But they were so worried about all these things while they were living in miracles every day, every day, every day, every day. Who else lives in miracles? We do. We do. We've seen healings. We see, we, we see all sorts of things. You can look back in your life and think about So often God doesn't get the credit for the things that he does because they seem small, right? But think about all the things that God's just done in your life. 
since you've been a Christian, in just your life, the things he's provided, the healings you've seen, the healings you may have received, right? Think about those things. We live in miracles all the time, daily, right? <clears throat> it matters who you hang around, though. Because even though God's providing those miracles, if you're hanging around with the wrong folks and they're running their mouths in the wrong way, pretty soon you're going to get to talking. Right. Think about the Israelites again. They sent out how many spies? Twelve, one for each tribe, right? They sent out 12 spies. 12 spies, Joshua and Caleb are the only two that came back talking right. The other 10 came back and talked about what they saw. They, they said, God gave us this land. It's ours. Let's go there and possess it. It's great. It's flowing with milk and honey. And the other one said, oh, there's giants in the land. There's, so a seven or eight day journey took them 40 years. 40 years. They had to haul out a bundle of grapes on a pole, two guys carrying it, because there was that much produce there. I mean, it was that big. And Joshua and Caleb had faith, so it matters who you hang out with. It matters who your friends are. I almost said young people, but it's, it matters to all of us. It matters to all of us. When you're constantly counting your blessings, it'll change your attitude. I ask you to think about the blessings you've seen in your life. If you're constantly counting those, it'll change your attitude, right? They'll be, you'll be busy being grateful, and there'll be no room to be hateful. You won't have time to have a bad attitude because look what God did for me. Look what he's done for my children. Look what he did for my spouse. Look what he's done for our church. If we were just busy bragging on God all the time, where can you be hateful at in that? Where can you have a bad attitude in that, right? It would change the way that we would talk. It would change the way that we would act, right? We would walk different. We would live different. We would go to different places. Amen? Y'all get what I'm saying, right? You'd be less likely to compromise. If you were busy being grateful all the time, if you were just counting your blessings all the time and talking about your blessings, you'd be less likely to compromise, right? You wouldn't accept lower standards. A compromise is, a, is accepting a standard that's lower than desirable, right? Lower than what God, God desires for your life. God has a plan for your life. He desires certain things for our lives. And if we were busy counting our blessings all the time, we'd receive more of what he desires. Because we'd go around with our words talking the right way, right? We look back at the, at the Israelites, and we recognize that, though, right? You'd be more likely to testify. Think about that. If you're busy counting your blessings all the time, what would you be talking about? Guess what, Sister Katie? You know what God did for me last week? You know what he did for me the week before or last night or whenever it was? You know what God did for me last time? You get what I'm saying? Think about Israelite. What if they would have been around testifying? The Israelites, when they came out, if they'd have testified, do you know what God did to get us out of Egypt? Did you see those plagues back there? Did you see that? Look at this food coming. I imagine that manna tasted great, wouldn't you, if it came from God? Look at this manna coming from heaven, and, and we have this, and, and we've got cold drinking water. Look at this. And we only have four more days to walk over here, and this place belongs to us. God's already said it. It's ours. It, it, it's mine. Imagine if they would have talked like that. Seven or eight days that had been there that all possessed it. Moses would have even went in. Think about that. It matters who you hang around. Think about the, the Samaritan woman. Test, testifying is just telling your story. It's just telling what God's done for you. Think about the Samaritan woman. Remember her? Jesus opened up her mail, and she went and told the whole village. And It says the whole village of Sychar was transformed because of the testimony of one woman. One woman just told what Jesus did for her. Imagine if all 50 of us go to talking like that. 
And 50 of us are running around this town talking about the blessings, counting our blessings up all the time, how God's changed my life, how God's saved my soul, how he saved my children, how he's broken generational curses off because of my relationship with him. Think about if all 50 of us went around talking like that in this town and everywhere that we go to. What do you think this place might look like? Think about that. When you testify, when you tell your story, it grows your faith. And it grows the faith of those you're telling. Because if I've seen a healing here, most people I talk to don't think I'm nuts. Some of them do. But most of them don't think that I'm crazy. But if I tell them I saw Sister Doodad healed, guess what? Maybe he did see that. Maybe, maybe he is telling the truth. That's what they begin to think. And then if I tell them about something else that's happened, well, maybe there's something to that. And then maybe if I can show them a few, a few verses in the Bible that back it up, well, they might get to believe in it and believe in it, and their faith gets stronger and stronger, and then pretty soon they might start talking about it, right? How does your authority work? Your words, right? Your words combine with your faith. If we're telling our testimonies all the time, if I'm telling my story, right, out of the abundance of the heart speaks, it's also going to touch my faith. Because if I'm speaking it and speaking it and speaking it and speaking it, what God's done, I'm going to be hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, hearing it, and it's going to grow my faith. My faith's going to strengthen in that thing, right? When your words aren't active, your faith isn't active. Let that sink in for a minute. When your words aren't active, your faith isn't active. When your words are saying negative and you're griping, well, it's no wonder you're griping. When your words aren't active, your faith isn't active. Jesus said to speak to the mountain, right? Yeah. Speak to the mountain. When your faith is not acting, you're believing with your mind then. Right? Does that make sense? We got to get our words saying the right things. And if we're counting our blessings all the time, our words are going to speak it about what God has done already. Does that make sense to you? This would be groundbreaking if we just get this in us and learn to praise God and thank God for everything and sitting around and counting our blessings and being thankful and grateful, right? Take a few minutes today. I want to ask you to do this real quick. Take a few minutes today and reflect on this. Just close your eyes for a little bit and think about this. Who is God? Think about who God is. Think about what God has done. What's he done in your life? Think about the miracles. Think about the healings. Think about the provision. Put all the negative out of your mind and think about what he's done for you who he is. Think about your relationship with him. Think about that you're even able to have a relationship with him because he sent his son to die on a cross. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, think on this. Everyone will stand before God. Everyone's going to stand before Jesus, right? Everybody. No fooling around, young people. Listen up. Listen up. This is serious. This is life or death right here. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, now's your opportunity. This is your chance. You could be talking about the things that God's done for you. Can we all just do the sinner's prayer together today? Just repeat after me if you would. Father, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I know your son Jesus died on a cross for me. I know you rose him from the dead. I know he's coming back for me someday.
please live in my heart. Lead me and guide me the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer right there today and you meant it, it's the start of a brand new relationship. You're forgiven of your sins. The Bible says he takes those sins and casts them as far as the east is to the west. Never charge to you again. Never again. Now that you're thinking, Katie, come on up here. Now that you're thinking about the things that God's done for you, remember the things we were just talking about? Could we do one more song? Maybe two if God leads us to. Could we do one more song and you stand up?